what you just said is beautiful. An employee would come in and tell me something was wrong. Okay, what are you going to do about it? What's your solution? And I really tried to drive that into them. Come to me was the problem, but I want you to have thought about a solution for that critical thinking skills, right? I'm, I'm supervising young professionals. I am having such a hard time implementing that with my husband because the perception is that I'm overbearing and I am treating him as a subordinate. And really, he's my partner. And so my presentation in the information is a little bit lacking. Perhaps instead of, I want to do an unlimited PTO policy, here's the policy, here's the research behind it, this is what we're doing. Instead saying, I'm thinking about doing an unlimited PTO policy, here's the draft. Would you review it and let me know if you see any critical flaws and let's talk about it. Welcome to the She Leads Business Show, where I shine the spotlight on female owners of growing small and medium-sized businesses. You're in the right place if you want to ditch the stress and firefighting, stop working too many hours, despite having team members, and never compete on price again. I'm Una Doyle, founder of creativeflow.tv. I'm a speaker, business strategist, and impact coach. Business owners hire me to help them to build a business they could sell tomorrow, but they probably don't want to because it's highly profitable. It's fun to run because they and their team are in creative flow and they get to make a bigger impact on the world. In every episode, myself and my guests share the strategies, stories and wisdom to help you to achieve this too. Now, let's get on with the show. In the first part of this interview, we heard Haley's challenging journey of her childhood to getting to her ideals and ultimately burnout until Haley learned to fight for her own well-being. We identified Haley's ignition personality profile and began exploring her individual flow. And there's something else there that you missed out in tooting your own horn, which I need to talk about, which is communications. What can I say about communication? I have spent my whole life working on communication. I think it's so funny that we're talking about this now because I just got off the phone with a mentor about communicating with this new group of people I'm working with that I've never worked with before. So there is a quote. I wish I had it written down up here and I can't remember the source. Um, it's a speak to the heart and in the language of the common man. And that has was on my signature line for years because it reminded me that I have the tools and the knowledge and the vocabulary to really pinpoint what I'm trying to say, but it doesn't matter if the people on the receiving end don't understand what I'm saying. So communication, and maybe that's why I get so exhausted at the end of my social interactions, is because I'm communicating in a way, even just casually, in an effort to get people to understand and also get feedback. In prior position with the engineering firm, I was the feedback loop. I had to create systems that made it easy for the community to tell the engineers what they needed and vice versa. So I carried that with me forever. And it's so valuable. It works great in my relationship too. I can make the subjectivity out of something and communicate in a very objective way and get my point across, be understood. We're not citing. It's not an elevated conversation. And we're good to go. We're on an even keel. Get people to understand. It, things become so much easier. And, and here's my thought. What is your thought? How do you feel? And involvement. Keeping people in the loop and involving them in the decision-making process is the way to keep them engaged. 100%. I will never falter on that. Engagement is the key. So. 
wasn't able, due to a technical hiccup around email, to take the profile test himself. But you said you think you've got a good idea where he sits. Where, where would that be? Let's, you know, looking at it, I wonder if he's sensational or exuberant. He's the direct opposite of me in every possible way in our lives. So he's the data guy. He's the numbers. He, he wants to see where break-even thresholds are. He wants to understand the ins and outs of how payments are received and made and how clients are communicated with in a way that's efficient for them to process. Pay. I mean, he really is on the money side of the operation. Well, let me ask you a question. So is he more of a doing the detail or an analyzing the detail person? Is he going to listen to this? It's fine. He does a little bit of both. He's not great at either one. Analytics are probably better than, I don't know. I don't know. He loves data. He loves data. We both love data. I love to visualize data. He loves to look at data. Uh, he does with it. I don't understand. And maybe that's why I can't answer your question very clearly, because he'll show me graphs and I'm like, okay, when do we get to order the sparkly glitter tattoos for the Pride Festival? Because I need to know what my budget is for that. And that's where it ends for me. He doesn't necessarily enjoy the things that I'm doing. He doesn't want to write the processes to gather the data. Once he has the data, he can roll with it. But he's also not, he's not the client facing person. He doesn't necessarily want to be front and center with folks um, at the entry level. If he has to network or, or engage with decision makers, he's pretty good at that. But then what does he do with that information? I encourage him to take notes so that I can take it and put it into our marketing and outreach notebook so that I figure out how to connect with these people in a way that's important. So it's an adventure. On the sound of it, I would say he's actually more sensational, which is that very grounded person or wise. Well, it sounds more wise totally from what you're saying in that you are opposites. There obviously is some commonality there in terms of you, you both love the data, but he's not that, he's definitely not that exuberant people-focused person. I tend to, at the very beginning when we're developing the vision, I am like on Jupiter and he's down here going, hey, can we take steps one, two, and three before we start talking about, you know, the rise of Saturn? Compliment. I love that about us. We complement each other. Because this is such a huge passion project for me, I tend to get up in the clouds a lot. And he has to come back and say, hey, it's going to be okay. Let's just do this one thing first. So, yeah, right. it's an adventure for sure. It's, yeah. We have a, a phrase that when you have somebody who's in that kind of more South sensational, perhaps going into wise fueled, and they're dealing with somebody with a lot of Nova, that's kind of big picture energy. It's like they're the ones holding the string to your kite, keeping it from flying away. Yeah, you're telling me, you know, what's funny is we flip roles frequently. At the beginning, I was like, shoot for the stars. And then as we got toward opening clinics, I put, I pumped the brakes big time. And I said, no, we are, we're postponing everything, postpone opening, postpone hiring, postpone all of that because of some of the things that were going on. And we had to flip because he was so anxious to get the doors open. And in the months that had expired, I started to go, they don't have their systems and processes in place to make sure that this is not a critical failure. I'm going to wait and see what happens. 
see if I can develop my own workarounds, and then we can open. So we tend to flip. I'm definitely more the kite more of the time. And thank goodness for him, because who knows where I would be off in space, you know. <laughs> what you've just talked about there, any strength overdone can become a weakness. And I'm not saying it was a weakness in the scenario described. That sounded very sensible, okay? However, one of the challenges that engineers have is perfectionism. They want everything to be perfect before they let it out of their hands. Now, interestingly, the navigator profile, which is kind of southern opposite that we think maybe there, we won't know until, you know, he has it. Navigator profile has that blend of doing the detail and analyzing the detail and they rush to get things finished. And sometimes in doing that, they can skip over things and lose attention to the detail because they want it to be on time. Timing is a huge thing for those that are sensational, whereas for those that have a lot of Nova fuel, it's much more around vision and innovation. Saying that, I'm just going, yes, so much of uh, rushing that he's experienced, I have to come in and say, but there's these little finite details that if we don't accomplish, we're not going to be able to move forward. The perfectionism thing is a real thing. That's a, that is a real challenge. I would have loved to open my doors with every fake little plant in its place and all of the furniture where it needs to be. And that just didn't come to fruition. And I had to settle with these three offices are ready to go and plants will come later and open the doors. <laughs> You're right on all fronts. The navigator, I do have to kind of reel in and say, we, we can really do this because this first step isn't quite done yet. Once it's done, we can jump right into it, but we've got to wait. Perfectionist thing, but for a simple process thing, right? And working together on that, then it, it's out neither one dominating and, uh, you know, yes, well, well, good enough for, you know, when in what's good enough with the timing and what's good enough with what's actually happening so that that things actually work whereas if there's just a total emphasis on one or the other either things are rushed or they just never get done they never get started properly and that's often one of the challenges for engineers is getting things started now because you personally have a lot of nova fuel as well it doesn't sound to me like that is a challenge you have oh it can be depending okay. on where i'm at in my mental health so Anxiety and depression is something that I have had my whole life, but probably didn't realize it until 2018 when I was finally like, there's got to be something better. So in a depressive state, I do have a really challenging time getting something going. Uh, I like to say it, but it's somewhat true. I basically like, mapped for three months uh, is what it felt like. I, I just didn't have the wherewithal. I had no fuel to move forward on the processes and... Now I've got an abundance of fuel and I'm, I'm kept the slack from the things that I've missed. But I'm there in a flow for the most part. It's going. I make about in one of your videos, one of your training videos, once you're in the flow, you think it's been 10 minutes and it's three hours later and you're like, oh, I should probably eat something or take my dog outside where I am now. But there are certainly lots of times throughout the year where it's just not in me. I just don't have it. And that can be tough. Um, I pulled myself out of it, thankfully, as are, are tough than others. But that, that has been a challenge for sure. Or if it's something I'm not interested in, 
I think it's really important to make the distinction between when you don't have the fuel for something because of mental health or mindset issues and when you don't have the fuel for it because actually what you're doing isn't in flow. It's an out of flow strategy or activity or the way the business is structured. One yes. of the reasons why I love, you know, with all my clients, what their profile is so that if they're not making progress on something to diagnose, well, what's really going on here? Is this an out of flow thing? Like just this week in a group coaching call, they turned around and said, actually, do you know what? I've delegated it. And so I was like, great. <laughs> I said, were you finding this out of flow? And they said, yes. And I, and you know, because when you've got a small business, it's always possible to be in flow 100% of the time. I think a good goal for people is like 80%. Like to get to 90% would be amazing. You know, to spend 80, 90% of your time in flow. Where, and you have to have a team around you to be able to do that. Well, in the very early stages, they don't always have financial wherewithal to be able to even outsource to people let it alone actually hire their own team members for that. So be mindful of in that. I have had clients say to me, I know doing X is out of flow for me, but I'm okay doing it for now. Now that I understand why I don't like it, I can put up with it right. until I can outsource it or hire the right person to do that, particularly because of the way we structure their weeks they know, oh, it's only for a limited time and then I get to do this other thing and then I'm really in flow. And so they know it's temporary. Right. Yes, I do. I think of several things with this business now. I'm actually looking to hire an office manager to get the things that aren't in my flow out of my flow. Accounting and receipt management. I don't want to upload and log these receipts. This is not fun for me. And while I love my husband, he's not very good at it and he's constantly losing things. So I'm going to take this on for now. And I've created my system so it automatically goes where it needs to go. But there are several little menial things like this that should be under the guise of a part-time staff member so that I don't have to do it. Ultimately, I'm trying to work as little as possible. I don't know if that's prevalent. <laughs> Spend your time doing what you enjoy doing and where you add the most value in helping you drive this vision forward. So that person sounds like they probably would be a sensational person. And the critical thing when hiring is making sure that roles are designed for success. Because what happens a lot in the corporate world and in, you know, SMEs as well, when they don't know any different, is that they'll go, well, let's have a bit of Nova, let's have a bit of exuberant, let's have a bit of sensational, let's have a bit of wise. Oh, that will be a really well-rounded person. But yeah, that person doesn't exist. <laughs> so instead, let's look at structuring roles so that, number one, you're going to attract the best candidates because the role description, they'd be like, oh my God, that's me. That sounds like the perfect job for me. And it will put right. off the people who would not be fit because they'd go, oh my God, that sounds too stressful or too boring or whatever it might be. And apply and waste your time. That's an interesting application. I hadn't thought about putting that toward building roles in the process of hiring therapists, but I want to cue into really specific, like I still need an LGBTQIA plus affirming therapist. What does that look like? How do I write that in such a way that will attract the right person to our team? 
not only that, we're pretty innovative and tech forward group here, right? And so everything that I'm doing is to be efficient and to innovate and to make everybody's life easier. If I had had something in the verbiage of our original job posting, if I might have had a different therapist candidate pool, but there's um, challenges related to innovation and processes and efficiencies that I'm running into now. So that's a really interesting application for this in actually defining the roles with these things in mind. Exactly. And, you know, therapists could be any profile, but the environment that mm -hmm. they're going to be successful in is going to change depending on their profile. Different fuels, different profiles will appeal to different clients and patients. I don't know what you call them. Right. Right. It's the thing as well. You're going to have some people who are like, hey, really bubbly and really warm. And you're going to have others that are much more analytical. So there are some marketing and demographic profiles that are run to identify who lives where. And with my experience, I can kind of how they communicate and what they're interested in. And so I would love to see a mix of therapists across the whole wheel because we have a very diverse group of people that we're serving and we need a diverse group of therapists to serve those clients. Love that. I am really excited to research on my end to see how we can adjust our recruitment to really get those folks who will serve the community in the best way possible. Great. And we can talk more about that later as well. I want to go back to the challenge you discussed in terms of sticking to your vision when you're challenged. And th th there was something that occurred to me when we were talking about this, which is your childhood. So your childhood trauma, how that has caused you to become a people pleaser lots of people that are people pleasers without the trauma socialization of women tends to create that to a certain extent anyway and there's actually what i would see as a great gift for you in that that i think is coming through in your ability to communicate that for a lot of people of your profile, they would not be as skilled or effective in their communication. And so I see that on the one hand, you've got the fact that you've been a people pleaser and, and as you admitted, still are to an extent, people pleaser. And it, it's exhausting right? It's so exhausting. And for people who aren't people pleasers or haven't been people pleasers, I just want to explain what that looks like and what that feels like. Because your brain is working overtime and, and all this is totally unconscious that you might not even realize it. But your brain is working overtime trying to figure out what does this person want? What does that person want? What does this person over here want from me? Who do they want me to be? How can I make myself more of what they want? And can definitely come from uh, low self-esteem, just circumstances needing to fit in and not stand out, whether that's from a, I just want to be accepted or where I want to be safe. And what I want to ask you is, in knowing, hopefully accepting, that this has given you a gift that is so powerful in your career and in your business now, what if you were to then let go of all the rest of it? 
so that you would stop identifying as a people pleaser and that you would really have those healthy boundaries. I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. And let me know if I'm on the right track here. Okay, so people pleasing nature means I tend not to rock the boat. These days, what I'm finding is that I'm not rocking the boat because I'm communicating in a way that allows people to understand the thought behind the vision. Is that kind of where you're going with the communication piece and to counterbalance people pleasing? It, it, that's actually another layer to it. Oh, great. So it's great that you're, <laughs> that yes, that you're seeing that. Just before we hit record, you told me about a situation yesterday when you were emailing oh. your husband. Would you be sharing that story? Sure. So I've never worked with my husband before. I have no idea what kind of person he is in the workplace. And it turns out he drives me absolutely nuts. So he had sent me an email and I was on vacation. So yesterday on the plane, I'm catching up on everything that I've missed. And I'm looking through this email that has been forwarded or I was copied on and it is just paragraphs after paragraph. Mind's eye, the way that I work, an email is an efficient form of communication. If you have more than three sentences to say, pick up the phone or schedule a meeting, why is there 75 pages in this e or paragraphs in this email? And so I reply to him and I say, um, really, why are there so many words in this email? And he says, she's not very good at brevity. And I said, is there something that I need to do with this email? And he said, no, it's just an FYI. And that is where he says, I, I wish I had it written down. Something along the lines of, if you're CC'd on an email, it's for your information. And if there's an action item for you, it will be clear. That's how he says to me. I'm like, cool. And now in my head, I'm saying, I need to make it clear to him that I don't want to be CC'd on emails. And FYI, we have a weekly standing meeting. We have a joint task list. We live together. We work at the same place. So there's opportunities. Instead of just firing back and saying, hey, could you not CC me on FYIs? I have the space for it. I would appreciate just an update at our meeting. That's not what I did. What I did was spend 25 minutes asking um, him for providing me with the explanation of the CC line and what that means to him explaining to him my philosophy around email communications as a means to be efficient with our time, and then asking him to please not see, see, me, see me, but rather put it on our weekly agenda or come and find me and let's talk about it if it's urgent. Here are four paragraphs that now I've sent him, which is completely against my values as far as email are concerned. I explained to him file management system and emails not for files and it was like, why did I do all of this stuff? He's my husband. I should be able to say, hey, babe, let's not do the CCs. Here's why. Thanks. Let me know when you're ready for coffee. Whatever. I text him after I send the email in jest. And I'm just like, you know what I really wanted to say in that email to you was stop freaking CCing me on every email. Then we got into a discussion about why. I said, why do you feel the need to CC me on this stuff? And he says, well, I want you to think I'm not working. I don't want there to be a time down the line where you come to me and say, what have you even been doing? And I was sort of taken back because that is not my work style at all. I don't care what you're doing, quite honestly. I care about the end result, what you're going to give to me at the end of the day. 
both dead, just, you know, do you have an opinion on them? And he said, absolutely. And I said, honestly, the fact that you're trying so hard to show me that you're working, I don't think that you are working. So like, let you're like micromanaging backwards. I don't know if there is a word for that, but he includes me on every email. And a lot of it is operational stuff that has nothing to do with me. And so we came to an understanding that, hey, if I email you and I say, please don't CC me, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, I don't want the emails. And uh, you CC me on everything. I trust you. I with you as my partner. I would not have done that husband or not if I didn't trust you to accomplish the task at hand. I don't micromanage. I, I, I hire people that I trust that can get stuff done. Right. And that's you. In theory, we'll see if it comes to fruition. But it just kind of sparked this conversation of the why behind the behavior. And I also caught myself and just went to ask for what you want without having to dive into the weeds and and clarification if it's asked, but stop softening things so much. You don't have any ill intent. Gonna get mad at you. What are you doing? So it it became this really interesting awareness. Literally, it was like 12 hours ago that I had this happen and or 24. And I'm just, yeah, my, it boggles my mind. I worked in a male dominated industry for so long and had such a reputation for being abrasive. I have trained myself in addition to people pleasing stuff, be nice at all costs. You don't want to rock the boat. This is my husband and this is my company. If I want to rock the boat, I actually will rock it and it will be fine. You know, interesting things. Yeah, exactly. And Do you know what came to mind as you were talking about this story is femininity. And so really stepping into your feminine power. Because the interesting thing is when women tend to, this is not always the case, right? There are times when a woman is simply assertive and would be accused of being this, that or the other. What's really interesting, and I've noticed this myself personally in my own journey and in me becoming more feminine, clients and friends as well, is that really step into that feminine power. It doesn't make us weak. It makes us strong and we're able to communicate and assertively make requests without the need to people please or feel like we have to soften it because we're just being up. There's nothing wrong with being direct and asking for what you want when you want it. I'm really good at this in relationship related requests. You know, like I really don't want you to put my jeans in with the silks because that drives me crazy. What I was taught in the corporate world in a male dominated industry was adjust the way you communicate and the way that you look so that you don't make the men uncomfortable. And that really was hard for me because I want to dress in the feminine way that I want. It doesn't change the fact that I'm really good at what I'm doing and I'm intelligent and I'm going to make your life a lot easier. It doesn't matter what top or bottom or hair color I have. Why does that matter? But it's literally taught to these women. There's, there was a whole class on how to dress for the male-dominated workplace. I saying, I don't like this at all, right? It doesn't take away from the value that I bring as an individual. And I, I want to step more into that as I'm building this clinic. And I'm really trying to get her involved with helping with the clinic as well to show her that there is another way than what we have all been taught and that it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to wear what you want to wear and communicate appropriately and it's going to be okay. 
And here's something I really want kind of you and to understand is that femininity, yes, we can express femininity through, you know, clothes, accessories, makeup, all that kind of stuff. However, what's what it's really about is not trying to be something that you're not. It's about accepting who you are, what you are, you know, on that gender spectrum. And happy with that. And when you do that, then the alternative is being a fake man. And that's actually my first ever experience of coaching was when I went to a networking event when I worked in marketing agency and there was a life coach. I'd never heard of coaching before. This is going back. This is over two decades ago, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I was hooked because I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. I had literally said the words only, I think, in the previous few days to one of my friends that I worked with going, well, if I like her to get ahead, I'd rather stay where I am because her was definitely a fake man. Now, she was a very attractive, femininely dressed woman, but was not feminine in her manner. So, you know, there was a hardness. Yeah. And so it's that thing of, holding onto this vision very much. I want you to acknowledge the communication skills that you have and, you know, requests, be direct, be assertive and just let go of this people pleasing remnants because then while they protected you as a child, they are no longer serving you. And you know, what's funny is when I have these conversations with friends or with my daughter, I usually say you are not, you don't exist to please other people and you are not here to make other people comfortable. You need to ask for what you want when you want it and don't be afraid of it. And that is how I've approached the vision. A challenge comes when appreciate negative feedback or no, that's not going to work. That's my challenge is not going from feminine power into way. See, wait, where wayfaring mermaid lady who is going to sing your head off because you didn't say that what I was doing is cool. Uh, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. So and so said they don't think that it's going to work. It's going to work. None of these people know, and I've done all the backup and the research for it. Let me do this. So you are totally on spot, and I'm so good at preaching this to my my people. And I say it to my daughter. She has a T-shirt that says it and everything. Executing it on my end is a challenge. However, I've been really good at it. My my unlimited PTO policy that we kind of touched on, that's moving forward. We're even instituting a flexible holiday schedule. So... They can take whatever day off they want. This is unheard of in the industry. It's unheard of in a lot of corporate America. But you know what? I don't care if it's heard of or not. It's a work-life balance is the goal for my clinicians. I don't want them here 40 hours a week. I don't want them here 30 hours a week. They need to be able to take vacation when they want. It is at the core of, I know it's a policy. I know it's PTO. It doesn't sound like a big deal. But I am walking the walk. Of I want you to have a balanced life and you have control over it. And my husband, who has a military background, so he's never served in in corporate world at all, just doing his research and saying, I, I've heard it's not going to work. I've heard it's a bad thing. We'll see. I'm giving myself a year. Yep. You're right on. Spot on. 
when you're in a family business, there's a whole other dynamic in addition to your personality profiles because you've got the relationship. And one of the things that I encourage you to do when you're getting that negative feedback, because that very much, if he is a navigator, <laughs> they are often accused of being the naysayers, the negative Nancys, because they're actually very good at spotting what might not work. And a great approach is to actually share things with them, ask them, go away and have a think about this, back with, you know, might what you think might not work and a solution for that. This is beauty. What you just said is beautiful. I have supervised for a long time. I, I supervised a lot of people in my career. And that was something I did all the time. An employee would come in and tell me something was wrong. Okay, what are you going to do about it? What's your solution? And I really tried to drive that into them. Come to me was the problem, but I want you to have thought about a solution for that critical thinking skills, right? I'm, I'm supervising young professionals. I am having such a hard time implementing that with my husband because the perception is that I'm overbearing and I am treating him as a subordinate. And really, he's my partner. And so my presentation in the information is a little bit lacking. Perhaps instead of, I want to do an unlimited PTO policy, here's the policy, here's the research behind it, this is what we're doing. Instead saying, I'm thinking about doing an unlimited PTO policy, here's the draft. Would you review it and let me know if you see any critical flaws and let's talk about it. And it's allowing the time, because when you put somebody, you know, navigator or, you know, even more wise fuel, an air traffic controller, you put them on the spot, they are not coming up with an idea. You're an ideas person. So you could get ideas, boom, boom. They don't. They need a few days to be able to reflect on the information and then they will come up with the solutions or at least a direction that you can then kind of dive to. This is not the first time I've heard this. I love it. Uh, another mentor of mine had said this earlier, probably nine months ago, you are the ideas person. He is not. Let's give him some time. I have not done a great job of uh, pressing that. I will. I don't want to acknowledge I have a chip on my shoulder about being a female in a male-dominated industry. And I do have a tendency to be somewhat more abrasive with men than I do with women on this bias that I have built in my head. And I really am working so hard on that. But we're always, our partners get the worst and the best of us. So with him, it's even more challenging to adjust that communication like I did in the email. I should be able to just say, stop ceasing. I didn't. I adjusted it because I didn't want him to feel bad. But he understood it. He understood it. We didn't fight about it. It didn't become an issue. He totally got where I was coming from. Can do it. It's just the adjustment. The adjustment from he's my husband. He's also a human being who is working with me and is part of this team and should be treated as such. And so I love it. I love that piece of advice. I, I will better to employ it. I think that will help a lot as we are moving forward in the next couple of weeks, actually. I think the visual thing of profiles, you know, and put them up somewhere to remind you of, oh, actually, let me take this approach because we're not the same. And I will I'll make sure that he does that if he can still access it, because I would love to see the side by side. The practice I've seen employed um, blurs profiles, if you're familiar with colors, 
they have some of the cubicles in the cube farm, as I like to refer to them. They put the colors on people's cubicles so that when you're interacting with your coworkers, you can see who you're, you're chatting with. We've done this in, in a relationship way. I would love to see his thing here and, and hit up and say, oh, remember this? This is what we should be doing. Let's try it. These visual tools for both of us are so helpful. You should see my whiteboard. It has relationship frameworks and it has to-do lists and it has all of these visual references we can go to. So, Exactly. Haley. it has been wonderful speaking with you and I've really enjoyed our conversation. I think we, we've heard quite a lot here today. What has been most significant for you in our conversation? Really, I think the little bit about using those communication tools as an engineer to work with others and to accomplish the vision. Really quite good at it. I, I mastered networker. I am a church process improver. Communication is my background and it's, I love it. And I'm really good at it. If I can meld all of those together and communicate in a way that helps us all achieve the vision on a common ground. That is my biggest takeaway for sure. And I can identify areas in my business now with my husband to make those adjustments to accommodate, get everybody on the same level playing field and, and running ahead of them so quickly. I think I can do that. Funny, I've just caught sight because it, it's dark here now. We're, we're in the UK. There's a full moon that I can just see through my window. And what I would love you to do is to stop thinking about, oh, well, I'm more impressive with men than I am with women. And instead, I know is very close to your heart is actually treating each person as an individual and in understanding what has them in flow in terms of their roles, in terms of communication, in terms of the environment that works best for them. That will really help to be able to drop some more of the barriers to allow you to step even more into that feminine energy right. and be even more effective at what you're doing. I love it. I love it. Yep. Got that. And I, I am actively working on my conscious bias. It's going great. I'm much, much nicer than I have been. <laughs> Wonderful. Haley. thank you so much for your time here today. So Haley, at the time of recording, I know the website for Be Better Utah isn't quite live depending on when you're listening to this. So check the show notes. However, in the meantime, people can reach out to you on LinkedIn, can't they? Yes, they can. They sure can. My LinkedIn um, is at Haley Estelle. That's H-A-L-E-Y-E-S-T-E-L-L-E. -E -E. You'll find a lot about my journey with mental health, the journey with my consulting business, the journey with the new clinic on there, as well as some tips and tricks that I've tried to overcome some of the burnout, anxiety, and depression, and still maintain a healthy lifestyle, work-life balance, and be a CEO of something. It's really cool. So hope to see you guys there. Fantastic. And you can just let us know when the website is live and we'll pop it in the show notes. Sounds good. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Haley. I'm going to say bye for now. Sure. Thank you so much, Una. That's all for today, folks. Have you subscribed to get more of this juicy goodness for your business? If not, tap that button now. Remember to check the description for links mentioned in this episode. Did you enjoy and find value in this free broadcast? I want you to know that I go so much deeper into the topics discussed with coaching and workshops based on my impact-driven growth model. Want to know how I can help you to double your profits without spending a penny more on marketing or ads? 
Let's arrange to hop on a call to discuss your goals and challenges and I'll show you how. Plus, when you book, I'll send you some free training videos too. Go book now at creativeflow.tv forward slash call with Una. That's creativeflow.tv forward slash call with Una.